and welcome back to the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. My name is Adam, your host, and on the podcast this week, I'm talking to Garrett Barry, the National Performance Coordinator at Tennis Ireland. Garrett is here to talk all about the new national performance strategy that is ready to be implemented as soon as COVID restrictions allow. Over the course of the, the episode, you'll get to hear all about the new plan and the changes that it's going to, to, to bring in. A few points that will be mentioned include the new competition structures, uh, the world tennis number, and international competitions. And, and that's just to mention a few. We do also touch a little bit on Garrett's journey, uh, in his journey in tennis and in coaching, and also some of the, the big influences he's had in tennis throughout his life. I really appreciate Garrett coming on uh, and getting to hear all about this plan from from him. So here we go. Let's get into this episode. And here is Garrett Barry. Firstly, Garrett, just um, a big thanks for, for coming on to talk. Um, I'm looking forward to it, but, but uh, how, how are things with you? Yeah, things are okay, Adam, if not a little frustrating. Um, we obviously, we have a new strategy that we've, been, we've had ready since last March. We haven't had an opportunity to roll it out, so we're, we're very much looking forward to, to getting going with it. But look, personally, I'm, ver I'm very lucky, Adam. I'm, you know, I... Uh, where I live is, is a, I live in a nice place. It's, um, you know, the, my, my kids are of a good age that they're, they're able to kind of get on with things. So yeah, look, we're, we're, we're very lucky really. So I shouldn't really complain, but uh, yeah, look, while, while it's frustrating, we're still, we're better than most. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the, the plan and we're going to come on to, to talk, touch on that in some depth, but just before we do, um, just to get a little bit of a background on, on yourself and your kind of tennis journey, what, what, um, where did that all, all start for you in tennis? 
Yeah, so I'm I'm originally from Burr in Offaly. So uh, contrary to what a lot of people think, I'm actually from Leinster. Um, but I've been living in Connacht now for the last kind of 20, 21 years. Uh, I started off playing in Burr. Uh, I started off, I went to a tennis lesson, actually, funnily enough, with a friend of mine um, who subsequently didn't end up playing tennis at all. Um, but I just, the minute I the racket up and hit the ball I just it just felt right and um, coming from Offaly where hurling at the time was it was a huge thing um, playing tennis was probably a little bit um, I suppose a little bit abnormal but uh, yeah I just it just felt right um, and at the time there was actually quite a, a decent tennis thing going on in Burr there was actually two clubs in Burr uh, for a population of about 4,000 people so it was uh, strange, but yeah, it was the reality. So there was a lot of opportunities to play when I was very young. Um, but then coming up to like when I was about 12, 13, um, tennis really took a hit uh, in, in Burr. And um, yeah, a lot of people stopped playing and got to the stage where I really didn't have anyone to play with. But I just kept going, kept kind of powering on and um, was encouraged by a lot of people in the town uh, to, to keep going and yeah. Just really enjoyed it. But yeah, early age played Leinster, played, uh, was picked to, to, play, to uh, participate in Leinster squads and stuff. And I played the, the junior circuit as a kid, um, played all the tournaments during the summer, played in fits, played uh, Interpro for Leinster under 14, was very lucky to kind of scrape onto the, the Interpro team when I was under 14. Um, and then played in played under 16 Interpro um, when, they, when it was about and uh, managed to again get on a Leinster team for that. Uh, the year they split the split Leinster into North Dublin, South Dublin and rest of Leinster. So there was actually six teams in the Interpro that year. So yeah, I was, uh, I suppose, lucky and unlucky, but just always loved the game. Nice, nice. And just to jump forward a bit, I know you did get into, into the coaching world after you left school and, and got involved in that, but how did you come to, to get involved in, in coaching in Connacht? Yeah, um, the Connacht thing kind of came about um, I, I, when I finished my coaching course, my first coaching course, which I did in, in Dunleary Community College. I did the, the tennis coaching and administration course that was that happened. I was the first year of it, actually. Um, Peter Farrell was the tutor on it, and it, it was a full PLC course in Dunleary Community College. Um, so I just didn't know what I wanted to do after my leave insert. Went and did that, loved it. And got involved then. Uh, I knew Gary Cattle from um, playing as a kid, uh, playing a lot of Mullingar. And uh, Gary offered me a bit of work at weekends. Uh, did a bit of work with him at weekends. Then started working. When I went to college, I went to college in Waterford. Um, I did uh, leisure management, which was a kind of a, a business studies uh, business studies course with uh, the leisure industry being at the, the, the forefront of the course and um, at weekends then again I was working with Gary Cal and that brought myself and Gary to just eventually end up playing we played in a tournament ourselves in Castlebar and out of that tournament he was offered uh, he was offered a bit of work he couldn't do it he, he was busy at the time and I ended up kind of starting to go at weekends which brought me to kind of seeing that there was the potential of a full-time role in Castlebar um, which I did for a number of years. Uh, I'm still living in Castlebar, so I'm still involved in the club a bit. And um, then I started working for Connacht, working as a, a, I suppose, a performance coach in Connacht initially, then working as an RDO in Connacht um, for Tennis Ireland, and brought me to then taking on the role of performance coordinator for Tennis Ireland under Gary Cowan. So that was the kind of very brief journey to where I'm at at the moment, but yeah. So I guess I'm just interested, how did that then come about from, from working in Connacht as a performance director um, to, to then be, I think 2019, when you started in Tennis Ireland as, as performance coordinator? So how did that kind of jump come about? Yeah, so I'm always kind of, I was always very involved with the performance side of it. My passion is in performance tennis, always has been. Um, I worked with, from, I, I was very lucky from day one, from when I landed in Castlebar, I was very lucky to, to land where there was a, a, a group of, guys actually all there was a lot of uh, there was about five guys who were all you know very good level um connacht level at the time um some of them knocking at the door of uh, national level um and i just started working with them and and i suppose 
because I loved it so much, I, I kind of traveled a lot with them, went to a lot of tournaments, was kind of present at a lot of tournaments. I saw, was, saw what was going on. And I suppose I got, uh, I, suppose I got a bit of notoriety from that, um, that those guys all went on to be national level players. Uh, some of them represented Irish, Ireland nationally. Um, I suppose I got a lot of a good experience as a, as a, you know, at a young age. Uh, so I would have been regarded as a national, I suppose, as a, as a coach of national level players. Then I worked, um, as I said, I worked for Connacht, um, got the role as Connacht, um, I suppose it was RDO at the time, but it was very much involved in the performance side of things when Gary Cattle started in the national centre, uh, you know, started with the national programme, which is a long time ago. Um, so I worked in Connacht for Gary as such, and then that morphed into a kind of a regional development officer job for Connacht under uh, Gary still a little bit, um, more so Roger Garrity. Um, so it was, a, it was a really, I suppose it was a natural um, regional development job. So it was a lot more with the grassroots and a lot more with the, with the regional development stuff. But while I was doing that, I still kept my hand in very much in, in the performance uh, area and still would have communicated with Gary and, and a lot of others on the performance area. Again, because performance was, has always been my, my passion. And um, then when there was a role advertised in 2017 uh, as na a national performance coordinator role, um, which was kind of working under Gary, linking the provinces into the national program. Um, I thought it was a, you know, a natural progression for me. So I went for the role and subsequently got the job and worked with Gary uh, in, in that role for a couple of years where we kind of developed it into trying to, I suppose the goal of it really was to, to get the provinces, to link the provinces better into the national program. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, and then I suppose it, then when Gary, um, when Gary left in 2019, I was asked as the kind of, I suppose, the next person I was asked to um, to do Gary's role in the interim to try and keep things rolling. Uh, and then in October 2019, um, my, I suppose, the role of National Performance Coordinator was just um, extended to, to uh, the role I'm in currently. So it, it's not the same role as what Gary was doing, but it's, a, I suppose, the administrative side of it is. So. Hmm. Yeah, now I know that in, in that role, you've been been kind of developing this this uh, performance strategy, performance yes. plan. Um, so to, to just to kind of to, to jump into that, um, I guess, would you mind giving a little intro and, and also then on on the consultation process kind of what, what, what you learned about, about the strategy uh, doing that? Sure, yeah. So I think, you know, the, the process, I suppose, for me began in around November 2019. Um, where I think it was becoming clear that the, that, the, that the board of Tennis Ireland were not, I suppose, not happy with the direction the performance tennis was going. Um, so a, a, review, a, a, a review of the performance, um, of the performance area of Tennis Ireland was, was undertaken at that stage. And so the Tennis Ireland board hired um, a guy called Brian McNeese um, and his company, Koitinos Consultants, um, to conduct this review. So the review, as I said, began in, in November of that year where myself and Brian worked very closely and he, and he consulted and interviewed um, a lot of people involved in, in tennis, um, you know, a lot of people that would have, would have been at the forefront of tennis. So the, the, the main stakeholders in the, in the game. So he consulted, he worked, he talked to like pros, current and former pros, uh, coaches, um, coaches of, you know, from performance players to recreational players to just people who have a who have skin in the game, let's say, um, tournament organizers, um, and then Tennis Ireland staff, obviously. So like current staff and former staff. So um, people who had been involved in the in the performance area of the game as well were were interviewed by Brian. Well, he did it. He did it in a number of ways. He interviewed them. He sent out questionnaires. Um, so he got a you know he had a, a lot of different people. So there was about there was. I think 50 plus people were consulted in the area of what, what they felt was needed to happen for performance tennis. So that was the, where, it, where it started initially. So then when we kind of got that together, we brought all that together, a new strategy was brought to the, the Board of Tennis Ireland and to the branches of Tennis Ireland, so to the four branches. And we had, 
we got uh, initial kind of um, backing of the four branches and the board in or around February last year. Um, so that was the kind of, that was, I suppose, the process and the consultation process. So um, I think then there was a number of areas that came out of that uh, that, were, that were necessary, that were felt necessary to kind of um, bring forward. And I think that the, the key areas were um, facilities, you know, the, obviously we needed to improve on facilities nationally. Uh, we need more, a better competitive, um, a better competition structure. So more competitive opportunities. The competitive opportunities in the past were always very much based on, on Easter and summer um, and a little bit around Christmas. But I think it was, but I think it became obvious that we need a better structure, a better tournament calendar. And also, um, you know, the, the absolute huge necessity for a rating system as well was, was key. That was a massive, massive one as well. But I think that, that just the general strategy then overall, you know, the how do we develop our players? How do we work with our players? What do we need to do to, to, to I suppose, build a stronger, a stronger structure, uh, a stronger kind of foundation for the program? So, like, I think initially we, we thought then from a, from a, let's say, an on-court perspective um, and from a, a, a national um from a national squad perspective, we we felt that we wanted to try and we being sorry, we when it got down to the we, it was it was very much down to the performance directors. So the provincial performance directors and myself, we then were tasked with trying to kind of to develop what was going to happen in in the uh, in the national setup. So our kind of initial thing was we wanted to um, we wanted to give a free of charge national squad to a certain amount of players. That was our starting point. And I suppose as we went along, we realized that we weren't gonna realistically be able to do that at the start. It just wasn't, we didn't have the structure in place to be able to do that. So we went back a step and and I suppose that's where we're kind of at at the moment, Adam. We're trying to kind of, that we're, we're at that starting point, that kind of laying of foundations uh, stage where we hope to be able to start now. Like we've had a, we've had a lot of starting points. We hope to start in the summer last year. We hope to start in September last year, then January, like this month, we hope to start again. But it looks most it looks likely that we'll get started now again after Easter. So that kind of being of foundations stage is going to be the first kind of six to nine months where we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have issues. We're going to have um, problems. Uh, but we're also going to hopefully be able to set out the, 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 the vision for what we're trying to do or what we're, we're hoping to do with the overall program which is the first six to nine months. So I suppose bringing us up to the end of this year, the end of 2021, again, if we can, if we can get started in, in, in or around Easter. So the first kind of six months are, we wanna bring in the weekend competitions. So we wanna make sure that we have a foundation of weekend competitions, more competitive opportunities for all players. Um, so not just performance players, but it will obviously, it's, it's in place for that kind of performance level. So there's a lot of opportunities for performance players to play at weekends. We really feel that one of the big things that came out of the, the, the strategy was that we were training all the time and not getting to um, not, not getting enough competitive opportunities at weekends for players. So we wanted to try and uh, develop the, the idea of having you know all of the training happen during the week or the majority of the training happen, happen during the week and then competitions at weekends, like every other sport that's successful in the country, like every other country in the world in terms of tennis, they have comp competitions at weekends. So we wanted to try and provide that opportunity. We also wanted to kind of have a bigger presence of coaches at tournaments to try and, you know, I suppose, obviously coaches need their weekends as well to, to, to coach, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of coaches will will have a lot of their bread and butter at the weekend. A lot of their their main coaching program happens at the weekends, and I, that will continue, I'm sure. But you know, that doesn't have to continue for everybody. We can, you know, the, the performance players really will have more opportunities at weekends. And while you know, we also feel that the you know the coaches need to get out and watch the players play. We need them to see their players compete. That's where they learn the most about what their player can do. You're not going to learn, even if you and I play, you know, a match on a court and a coach is watching us. 
in a practice situation, that coach is going to see, yeah, he's going to see some things, he or she is going to see some things that are going to be beneficial to us or going to be helpful to us. But they'll see a lot more if you and I are playing in the quarterfinal of a tournament, of an open tournament where there's a huge amount more at stake. And that's what we feel, again, the presence of coaches at these competitions is going to be, is going to be vital for, for, I suppose, our, our learning, um, for coaches to learn more about their players. We also want to develop, uh, we're, we're, we're using that first laying foundation stage to develop a, a red, orange and green tour. And so a, an under 10 tour, let's say. I think Leinster have done a very good job in the past in terms of their um, competitions for those ages. But we want, to bring, we want to branch that out nationally. We have, you know, all of the provinces have done, have tried to make, uh, to have a tour for their players. But I think we need to link that all into the to the TI tour that's actually happening um, now that James Cooney has developed through the competitions branch of our of James being the competitions manager of Tennis Ireland. So there's a there's a Tennis Ireland tour which you're probably familiar with now, uh, which has you know it um, it mirrors what they do on the the international tour. So they have so we have Tour 1000, Tour 500, Tour 250. But we also want to have use that TI tour idea to have a red, orange, green tour. So for the younger kids. So again, giving us opportunities, giving players more opportunities to play in, in, in competitive uh, situations. And um, we also have, you know, we're, we're, we're putting together a, a menu of player supports that, we've, that we are trying to kind of put out there. So um, things that we can kind of offer that Tennis Ireland can help with regular hitters a selection of, of regular hitters that can that players can call on that they can practice with during the week we're looking at the whole uh, international trips opportunities for players to play more internationally but also more international tournaments in ireland so you know we're this year we had planned to up our amount of itf tournaments in ireland held in ireland to five which uh, would be a big jump from three we also have two tennis Europe's. Usually, we were we were going to bring that up to three, but we are, but we hope to in uh, in the coming years bring that up to uh, six ITFs and six uh, tennis Europe's, which again allows Irish players more opportunities to play internationally in their own country, and it's proven in the past that um, even at the that senior level, when there's tournaments on in our country, we have much better we have, we have good success with our Irish players with George Drummy winning and winning the Irish Open 2019 with Pete Bothwell winning the Irish Open men's with Simon Carr having great results James McGee having great results in the past Sinead Lohan having great results in the past so on Irish soil we do very well uh, in our tournaments also our, our tennis Europe's and ITF's our Irish players have done very well in so you know the more we can provide of those tournaments in Ireland the better and uh, we're we're going to host a webinar uh, a webinar in the coming months. Obviously, when nobody can do anything else, we're going to host a webinar for um, any coaches who would be interested in running those events. So, two of our performance directors, our current performance directors, uh, Keen Blake in Munster and John McGahan in Leinster, have run uh, ITF ITF Junior events in their clubs. So, Keen has run one in Carrigaline, and John has run a couple of years in Dundalk. So they're going to kind of give the, the to-dos, the, the, the do's and don'ts of how to run these tournaments. And I suppose to take away the stigma of, oh, God, it's an international tournament. It must be very difficult to run. So the lads are going to do a kind of a, a webinar to, to help coaches, I suppose, you know, help them with maybe running more tournaments in Ireland. So that's, our, that's a big plan of ours to do that. Other player supports to try and give more opportunities for players to play in the National Centre. Um, and in their clubs, so to encourage their clubs to, to help them out um, on the basis of, you know, maybe a free membership or um, other, again, hitter availability and stuff like that. So I suppose we're trying to kind of, we have a menu of supports that we're trying to put out there. And I, I think you'll, you know, we, we'll talk a little bit about the Team Ireland thing later on, but we're also looking at a Team Ireland junior. So a possibility of having a Team Ireland junior with all of those supports available for junior players. Uh, so yeah, so the first stage of it is the first six to nine months laying the foundations, laying foundations of the new strategy. And that's gonna be, I think it's probably gonna take us up realistically, Adam, to the end of this year. Mm, yeah, 
And that there's a lot you said there that I want to touch on and, and a few other things as well, um, just to get get into and I guess get some specifics on. But uh, to, just to start off, I guess you mentioned a lot of, of competition and 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 increasing the, those opportunities for people. Um, and I know that a way you're planning to do that is through these six-week blocks that will be held throughout the year. So would you mind, I guess, just giving me a little bit of of, of the specifics of, of how those are going to, to work for players? Okay, so... In August of last year, August of 2020, I sent out a letter to um, parents, players, clubs, coaches, giving some information on the the path that we're looking to take with tennis, with performance tennis in Ireland. Um, And in that, I kind of explained the six-week block, uh, the six-week blocks, which were kind of weeks one to four, then week five specifically, and then week six specifically. Now, that has kind of changed a little bit. That six-week block is still there, but this, the first four weeks are now going to be the first five weeks. And the reason for that is that initially we had the six-week block. The first four weeks were just going to be competition for performance players, pretty much performance players only. So we were only going to be able to do it for top 16 players as such in each age group, um, run competitions in indoor venues and nationally and Then on the fifth week, we would run a tour weekend. So the tour weekend would be competition for all levels, all ages, all around the country. So provision of, let's say, a grade one in two provinces out of four, a grade two in the other two provinces out of four, and a grade three event uh, in all four provinces. So it would be a huge opportunity for all players of all levels. And then maybe even, you know, Phoenix type or Rogie type events in provinces as well where necessary. So that fifth week now, that first four weeks running into the fifth week has changed because we have now working with James Cooney and Kathy Hannon in uh, the competitions department, we're now going to be able to offer uh, points for those weekends, for all of the weekends. So from weeks one to five, we're going to have normal points scoring, you know, the, the so the Tour 1000, Tour 500, Tour 250s, Tour 100s are all going to be um, on every weekend. So we're trying to now provide tournaments again for all levels, tour weekend type stuff every weekend. So now there won't be every age group every weekend, but we'll provide at least two, or we're trying, we're looking to provide at least two age groups each weekend where we will have, where we're at the moment, we're, we're appealing to clubs all over the country to run these events. Now, you know, you may say, or people may say, oh, well, oh, God, the weather, you can't play tournaments outside in this weather and da 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 But there's coaching programs happening all over the country on weekends, outdoor. So if there's coaching programs happening, there's competition happening within those programs. There's points being played. There's, and you know, it's the reality of the situation in Ireland. So we feel that we would, again, in line with the overall strategy, we want to have those competitive opportunities for everybody. And now we've got, with the, as I said, with the help of James Cooney and his team, we're now going to be able to provide, or we're looking to provide tournaments on weekends of all levels. So that means that the, those five weeks now, it's, a, it's the first five weeks of a six-week block. Okay. The sixth week then is where all of the players in all of the provinces will come together. All of the players in our, in our, let's say, emerging programs, our our next generation programs, which were our provincial programs before. So our, you know, our Connacht, Leinster, Munster and Ulster squads. Those players now will be invited into national camps on those, on that sixth weekend where they will come together. So let's say squads of, of similar levels from the different provinces will come together. So players will get to see players in other provinces, how they're getting on, and they will come together and and practice together and train together where the coaches will also get to come together and collaborate and work together and talk to each other about what, you know, what's going to happen in the the coming six-week block, uh, where the players need to go, where the programs need to go, and so on and so forth. So that sixth week is going to be vital for the starting for the next six week block. So it's a kind of a, a continuous six week block, uh, reevaluate, review, and then start the next six week block. And that's the way we're kind of trying to run the overall program going forward. Great. And just another uh, brief note on that is I believe that 
um, for, for a lot of those competitions, there'll be kind of a, a multi-match format. So you're not going to turn up and play one match and lose, you know, one and two or whatever, and then be going home, that you will have the chance to, to play a few matches in, in each event. Is, is, is that right? Okay, so yeah, thanks for asking that question, Adam, because I, I should have said it in my spiel, basically. Um, regarding the multi-match thing, we want to just get away in, in competition in general from the idea or, or the what was in the past of just a, a, a child arriving at a tournament, maybe getting an unlucky draw and ending up playing one match and going home again. So we want to just completely avoid that uh, in the future. And all of the events that we are planning are going to be multi-match. They're going to have a minimum of three, if not four matches every weekend. We're also looking at a, um, a variety of formats. So there'll be fast four, there'll be um, champs tiebreak third set. There will be maybe no ad rule uh, for a lot of these events. But I suppose the, the overall idea is to just get as many players playing as many matches as possible. And also, I suppose with that as well, Adam, there's going to be with the start of the, the world tennis number, that will also bring a lot of opportunities for players um, to get more competition, but also to get competition at the right level where they, you know, an under 14 girl could end up playing a 40 year old man if their world tennis number is the same. So I think the world tennis number is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a, um, a game changer in that sense as well. So yeah, just moving away from the whole idea of one match or knockout or whatever, and it's all going to be, uh, it's all going to be a multi-match. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just on that world tennis number that you mentioned, I know that's something that's coming in. And, and as you said, it'll be kind of independent of age and, and, and gender for the competition. How, how frequently will, will, will tournaments be using that structure? And how, how will that be used within, within the, the competition structure? Yeah, I think the, the UTR has been uh, has done this a lot in the States in particular, in America in particular, where they have UTR competitions. Um, I think in Ireland it'll be used, um, it'll be... The, the, it'll be recorded every time a tournament is on. So the, the world tennis number, your world tennis number will go up and down according to your results as it would for a UTR. Uh, in terms of world tennis number tournaments, I think there will be a number of world tennis tournaments, designated world tennis number tournaments that will include players of all ages um, in them. So there's a really good one that happens in Connacht, for instance. There's a, it's the Connacht Singles League, basically. They have it, they've run it for the past about four or five years where, where you have this situation. You have 13, 14 year old boys, girls playing against 40, 50 year old men and women in a, in a competition where they have a league, where they have a, um, a round robin part of the tournament and then they have a knockout part of the tournament. And it works really well. And I think the, the key to any of these, any world tennis number or anything graded like this, any tournament that's graded is that the, the people who are playing in the tournament, that they just know in advance that that's the case, that there will be, they could end up playing a younger player. Once they're happy with that, I don't think there's any issue. And I don't think there has been, there hasn't been any issue in Connacht, certainly with that tournament. And uh, you enter the tournament in the knowledge that you end, you could end up, for the, for my, from my point of view, as a 44-year-old man, I could end up playing a 14-year-old boy. So if, if I can take it on the chin that that 14-year-old boy might beat me, then fair enough, I play. If I'm not going to be able to do that, if I'm not going to be able to live with that, well, then I don't play. I think that's the, that's the premise of it. And I, I just think in Ireland, because there's so few, you know, at every level, you know, for juniors, for adults, there's so few players of similar level in an age group that I think the world tennis number will help that so much to give so many more competitive opportunities at the right level for players. Absolutely, absolutely, and I guess just a little, I guess another place where that is a little bit visible is, is within the, the leagues, like your deal, your your summer league, your winter league, yes. is when you know you are going to be like if you're first year, like I would have been, um, my, my first year playing leagues would have been fourteen, and and I'm playing against you know people their fifties, their sixties, whatever, and getting that experience, which I guess is what this is going to going to allow people to do on an even more regular basis. So I mean, I, I think it's a, it is a great thing to to be to be bringing in even more. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and just on competition, to, to, to move on to a slightly different different topic, um, you, you've, you've touched on kind of the, the holding the international events and the ITFs and the Tennis Europe's, um, having them here in Ireland and 
and the advantages of, of, of that for, for our players. I guess a similar topic, well, almost the opposite topic, I guess, is, is this idea of getting or giving players a chance to, to travel a bit and to, to compete abroad as well. And I guess the, there being a bit of an emphasis around 15, 16, when people are in, are in transition year of, of, that, of there being a bit of a, a chance to do that. And so just explain to me a little bit about, about how that's going to look and, and, and those opportunities for, for people. Okay, so we have um, currently on our on our team, let's say on our uh, performance team, we have uh, Carlos Miranda is from Spain. We have Dan Arimia, who's from Romania. We also have uh, a few Irish guys, but um, we have all of the coaches or all of the performance directors have good contacts in in countries abroad. So. Uh, Dan has particularly good contacts in Romania, in his home city, a place called Yash, where they're currently building a new regional center in, for Romania in that city. And Dan, I've been over there with him in the past. Dan has a really good contact in Yash. He knows the, he knows the people personally who are running that uh, region. So that's one place that we, have, we, we, have, we will have a partnership and we have a collaboration with. Carlos Miranda has uh, has played underage for Spain. Uh, he's the he's the Ulster performance director, and Carlos has loads and loads of contacts in Spain in different academies and so on and so forth. Keen Blake is in Munster. Keen has a guy called uh, Gianmarco. Uh, Gianmarco is an Italian coach who has just started with Keen since September, and Gianmarco has worked for the Italian federation. And again, with his contacts, we're looking to get over there. We have John McGahan in Leinster. John uh, has, <clears throat> I think you know, he has, he's, a, he's part of a podcast as well. He's got connection with Dan Kiernan in Soto Tennis. So, Dan, or, so John has lots of contacts as well. And again, we've, you know, we've, got, we've, we've established some, some other really, really good contacts with, uh, in particular with the, with the Rafa Nadal Academy through um, Tennis Ireland coach Edel Clark. Uh, Idel is a representative for the Nadal Academy, and uh, I've been working very closely with her. Myself and Paula Sullivan, our commercial manager, have been working very closely with Idel on a collaboration with the with the Nadal Academy, which is very real. They are very very keen to to be um, associated with Tennis Ireland, and obviously, we we're we're very keen to be involved with the Nadal Academy. With the name with Rafa Nadal, name is just an incredible opportunity for us. We had planned to, in August, we had planned to have four of their coaches, of the Nadal coaches, come over uh, to meet with us and to work with our coaches and our players in uh, DCU back in August. Obviously, COVID hit that. We then had another plan to have them to do a, a web link with them at the end of August, and we then couldn't have a gathering. So that was hit again. So we're we're eagerly waiting for the opportunity to have that collaboration and to have that um, discussion with with the Nadal Academy and with their coaches. And again, once we get out of COVID, we will have that. But getting back to the um, <clears throat> the TY thing, we are with all of those different collaborations and and contact. We are going to we're we're going to be encouraging parents and players to to in that tenant in that transition year to use the opportunity to travel to a country for a number of months, for a semester or for a year or whatever, and using our contacts to be able to do that on a, on a hopefully um, cost effect, in a cost-effective way, and to get the experience of being away from home, um, to figure out whether, the, whether that being away from home is for them, to experience training with a team, uh, to experience traveling with a team of coaches to tournaments. And I think those opportunities I think players need to get those opportunities and need to experience those opportunities to really realize whether they want to explore then our next part of the pathway, which is the college route, which we really want to get players to, to, to go on the college route. Um, so all of those opportunities are very, very important, we feel, um, to prepare players for that college route and eventually for the pro circuit. Um, which some players after the college uh, route, after, after going to college, may end up being pro players. I think our, our best players in the last 15 years or so have all gone through the college route in some way, shape or form. Um, and we feel that education, Irish, Irish players, Irish, um, Irish people in general, look on education as a huge part of, of um, their journey. And I think 
the education piece is huge for us. We feel that education and tennis uh, and tennis through education, I think is so important for our, our um, new strategy. For sure, yeah, for sure. Um, and just on that, what you're saying, obviously, about the TY, like I know that having spoken to, to certain people who, who have had good success recently, um, that, um, that the TY is, is, a, is a chance for a lot of people that they would have taken to, to train more, to, to travel more, and like, as you're saying, to, to get that exposure to tennis. And I guess it's, it's great that you can have that a bit, you know, formally kind of in, in a plan and have that as something that is, you know, more, maybe more easily available to people than it would have been in the past. Sure. And, uh, and and what you're saying it moves on nicely just to touch on on, on college and 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 goes the U.S. college as a route and I know that you have a bit of a partnership with Mark Finnegan of, of all all sports recruitment who who works a lot um with with U.S. college um routes and um, which I guess is, is is great for you as well so um, I guess what do you see as as the the motivations for 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 that partnership and I guess you've touched on some of the advantages already for 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 college as a route as well for for, for players. Yeah, we're we're very excited about the the relationship that we have with Mark Finnegan. He's obviously he has a lot of experience as a player. He was on your podcast. He, he had, has experience as a player and a coach in the college in the college system. And you know, we thought that uh, a collaboration or a partnership with someone uh, on the someone in the college system would be a very very important thing for us to to have. Uh, in our armory, let's say in tennis Ireland, because of you know we need someone with that experience. We need someone to to bring us or to help us on that route. We feel the college is an, is an extremely important part. I've already said, and having Mark Mark's expertise, you know, in trying to I suppose find the best fit for Irish players in that college system, both in education and in tennis. And I think that's what Mark does really really well. I've experienced it um, personally with some of the players that I worked with in the past. Um, Shauna Heffernan, who, you know, he's, he's got a really good fit for her in a college in the States in Boise State and other players that have, that have come through the Connacht system, let's say, and, and just from knowing what he's done for other players in, in nationally as well. I think he's been a huge part of that. And, and we just thought it was a no brainer that Mark would be the right person for us to, to connect with on this. And already we've, you know, we've made good inroads into, into what we can do. And in the next, in the coming months, parents and players and coaches will get an opportunity through um, webinars with us, through provincial webinars with us and Mark to see really firsthand what he does and how he does it. So I think, you know, the best way to experience that level uh, for Irish players or the, the, the level of tennis that is out there is through the college route. And I think that's been proven. So hopefully, um, hopefully that will be a, a, a very successful partnership. We feel it will be. Absolutely. No, I, I, I definitely think that's a great thing to have and, and to have going forward. Um, and just, just to move on a little bit, slightly different topic. I know that, that as part of the, of, of the plan that you have, you have, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier on as well, but you have uh, kind of new structures in place for, for squads, so kind of regional level, provincial level, national level. So I guess, would you mind just going through a little bit of, of how that's going to look, like well, what changes are being made to, to that structure? Yeah, so I suppose, as I said, the, the, the original plan was to go for, to try and have a national squad, but a national squad with free of charge for players, with a free of charge element for players. Now, having looked at all of that and having really researched it and tried, uh, you know, looking, I suppose, crunching the numbers, uh, at the moment, that's not possible. So we really have to go back to that foundation, that laying of foundations. So we, we're looking at all of the provincial programs as being the key here, so the starting point. So for the first six to nine months, we're trying to, I suppose, solidify those foundations, get those regional um, provincial squads up to a level that we feel we can start producing players. I think a huge part of that is going to be the performance director's role, the role of that performance director. I mentioned a little bit about who they are, um, so we have a performance director in each province. We have Carlos Miranda in the north. We have Keen Blake in Munster. We have John McGahan in Leinster. And we have Daniel Arimia in Connacht. Um, their role is, is going to be an overseeing of, that, uh, of those provincial programs and, and working within those provincial programs to kind of to benchmark and to keep a level of those programs um, as high as possible. As we're very excited to have, uh, you know, to, with, the, with the people that we have, the coaches that are involved in those programs at the moment. So we have 
you know, former pro players like Pete Bothwell and Sam Bothwell working in the north now. Uh, Carlos has brought them into the, the program up there. Um, in Leinster, we have a huge array of very, very experienced coaches working. Too, too many to go through the, actual, the, the names of, but there's a huge amount of experience there. In Munster, I mentioned Gianmarco, the new Italian guy, but we also have the likes of Paul Fitzgerald, who was on your podcast as well. So Paul Fitzgerald and the likes, but we also have other, you know, a, a huge amount of other experience in Munster. And in Connacht, we have um, Dan Arimia, who is, a, who is new to the scene, but also Alan McCormack working in the programme. Um, but we also have physical trainers. And, and again, the role of that performance director in those provinces is going to be key. And one of their major roles is to, to um, go to the clubs and go to the areas of the, their province and work with the coaches, the key coaches, the key coaches and clubs in their province. And they have a kind of a set way of um, a set plan for each visit. So each visit includes, let's say, in the morning, working with the coach or coaches of the area, bringing them up to speed with what the, with, with the plan going forward, with what they would like to see those coaches working towards in their area. And working with the, let's say, the head coach or the main coach of the area uh, themselves and, and, and sitting down with that coach and, and working through the plan and linking it into the national program. Then in the afternoon, going on court with the best players of that region, of that area, with the the head coach in the province uh, or of the area and, and working with the players and seeing firsthand what those players are working on during those weeks. And then in the evening, they would either have a meeting with the parents of the players in the area to help that, to talk to them about um, what's coming up, what's happening, what's happening nationally, where the, where the pathway is leading to, or the, the committees, the other main stakeholders in the area. So the committees, the club committees, and informing those club committees of what's happening with the performance program in the area. Another major part of that is, is collaboration that they would, another major part for the performance directors is collaborating with the, um, the regional development officers of their province. So for like John McGahan to be working with Peter Farrell, for instance, on the different programs, because there's such a link, there's such a, an overlap between performance programs and recreational programs and um, outreach programs and schools programs and so on. So those links need to become really strong between the performance area and the other areas. So that role of the performance director is so key to that foundation laying uh, time in our, in, our, uh, in our new strategy. And we kind of see that, that first, first six to nine months, probably Adam bringing us towards the end of this year, is going to be key in that, and you know we would we we would have liked to have been in the in the situation where we're where we're in the kind of second level at this stage where we're you know we're looking at the the building stage as opposed to the foundation laying stage. We would hoped we would have hoped to have been there at this stage, but obviously COVID hasn't allowed that. So you know that first six to nine months is going to be key for the performance directors and myself and the coaches and buy in from all of the stakeholders. We need to move this thing forward. We need to change what we've been doing. And we need to put structures in place before we can really build, which is the, let's say, January 2022, where we'll try and build, we'll, we'll do a review again of what's happening and, and hopefully we'll be able to review something. Uh, hopefully COVID will allow us to review something and then build towards the, the, the next six months. So the kind of the first six months of 2022 where we hope to kind of tighten up on, on all of the areas, make our squads smaller, make our, our programs more, let's say, uh, performance-based, where we're not, you know, I suppose in the first six to nine months, we're kind of, we're reaching out to a bigger number of people who maybe haven't been reached out to before. So we get to, you know, there's a bigger grab, there's a bigger, um, you know, I suppose, area to identify future prospects in the game that maybe weren't seen before. So then to tighten up on that early 2022 um, you know, and to, to maybe get closer to having that national free of charge program, which we hope to then, you know, towards the end of 2022, be able to, to have that system where I think anyone who would kind of really sit down and think about it, I think to have a national squad, a future national squad, I think the key to having a national squad is being able to offer that national squad free of charge, that the best of the best players, whether they're wealthy or 
not, whether they can afford it or not, obviously, that they can manage to do that program and we can get the very best talent. And I, I don't really like using the word talent, but you know, the very best, the, the players with the best will, the best eagerness to get to that next level are identified and that money is not a, a reason for them not being able to do it or where they live is not being a reason for them not to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the key areas as well that we're dealing with on the, in this first stage is facility development. And facility development is, is facility and court surface. Facilities are vital to, the, uh, to the, the moving forward of any program, as you know. And, you know, the amount of uh, omni courts we have around the country is obviously detrimental to the, 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 pro the prospects that we have moving forward in our game. However, there is good news with that. And, you know, we're, we're resurfacing our clay courts in the National Centre very soon. Clubs like Galway uh, have been really forward looking at the moment. They have their new, uh, they have three new clay courts already down. Belfast Boat Club have three clay courts down. And there's loads of clubs around Dublin who are putting uh, courts down. Nace have uh, their courts, their, their clay courts are artificial clay as well. You know, so clay courts, number one, getting more clay and hard courts down around the country. And also, I think, and maybe even more importantly, is getting bubbles up. We need bubbles to get up, you know, and I think in a, in a place like Munster, or in, a, in, a, in a province like Munster, to not have any indoor courts is just, is incredible in this day and age. However, I do think that we have some, we have some prospects in Munster coming forward. We have been, we've been working on that a lot. Keen Blake and I have been working on a number of different ventures. The Munster branch have been working on a number of different ventures and there is good news on the way. With, uh, with indoor courts in Munster. And I think once we get a bubble or a number of bubbles up in Munster, I think lots of places will follow suit. So hopefully the province of Munster will be, watch this space as the fellow says, the, the province of Munster will have indoor courts very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just on that, to bring you back um, briefly to, to what you were, you were saying about, I guess, the, the, the club visits by, by the provincial directors, I guess that, that, that that's going to be a, a good way to to build I suppose, relationships between the the the, the provincial directors themselves and, and regional coaches and club coaches and and having that that structure I guess a, a kind of a nice flow in it of everyone everyone knowing who who they all are and how they all work and, and what they all do and how they all how they all fit into to the system. Absolutely, Adam, and and I think it's something that maybe has been missed over the last number of years. I've been a culprit of it. There's been a you know we we've missed that collaboration that collaborative feel between coaches at all the different levels i think uh, recently you had david wilson on um mm. on your podcast and you know he, he mentioned the three c's and collaboration being a huge part of that i think collaboration is is key with is, is the key moving forward for for this new strategy we need to recognize the coaches that have started with players the coaches that have brought players in the door that have that have helped the players gain the love for the game and i think it's it's so evident in players when you see them on court when they've been brought to a, a trial for a squad or when you see them play a match or whatever it's so evident the the grounding that they've got from their original coach and the love that they've that they've got from the game because of that original coach i think it's 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 vitally important and i think for us to realize and to and to to recognize and to give the credit to those, those coaches is so, so important. And then to build, you know, they know the players best. I don't know a player uh, who's from Greystones Tennis Club. I don't know the, the six, seven, eight-year-olds that's coming through. Uh, I don't know them personally, and I don't know what they're, where, they're, where they've started. And I think we need to recognize that far more. Um, those club visits are vital to that, and, and I completely agree with you. Vital to the, there's often been a situation where you have, you know, a talent ID. And again, I don't like using that word talent, but a, a talent identification day. You know, talent identification can be done through watching players play competition. That's where you see the real, the, the tough kids who are the, the little girl from, you know, from Bray who goes to a tournament and you know, hasn't really maybe got the technical attributes or the whatever, but you see them fight. You see the, 
that kind of fire in their eyes and you see that that they really love the game and, and they're they're learning by even playing that match. And if we can get more of that, that's what we need to see. And again, that is technique is only one part of the game. You know, we, we need to look at those other areas that the the, the will, that, that that complete player where they where they they just love the game and they want to they'll do anything in their power to get themselves better. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's another another key that I guess is be exciting to 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 you know to to follow the progress of over over the next while. And um, just another other point um, to to touch on is is that you you did again you touched briefly on earlier on on Team Ireland funding. So the a way to to fund um, players and you mentioned um, a junior one. So I guess just talk me through a little bit um, Team Ireland funding, how the junior one fits in, and yeah, how that's going to look. Okay, so Team Ireland is um, we we kind of took it from from the GUI, from golf, they have a Team Ireland um, funding stream, let's say, that they have for their players. So players have certain benchmarks that they have to achieve in order to get either financial or non-financial funding. The financial funding, the benchmarks are pretty high. Okay, I'm going to say it straight out, they're pretty high. However, we need people to have something to aim at. We, last year, in 2020, we we funded uh, three players. So we funded a wheelchair athlete and two able-bodied. So those players were funded. Uh, the funding is not huge. It's not. We don't have a huge amount of money to give to these areas, Adam, to be honest. But at least players now will see that if they, if they gain a certain level, they get to, their, to that benchmark, that the criteria is there for them to actually achieve certain funding. Other non-financial things that we're trying to uh, we're, we're trying to provide are the likes of you know free access to the national centre. We we use Daniel Glancy for six hours a week. Daniel has been working with has been helping some of the pro players. We have him six hours a week. He's contracted to us for six hours a week, and we're gonna we're gonna extend that in this year when we get back. We're gonna extend that to to prospective college players. So that's an, an a new element of um, Team Ireland program that we're gonna add. And I did mention, yeah, we're looking at a Team Ireland junior as well. So again, a list or a menu of supports that we can offer to junior players. Uh, again, I'll be straight with you, Adam. We don't have a huge amount of money to, to put towards any of these things, but we are trying to make whatever money we have go as far as we can have it go. And, and, and the, the more positive sides of that, what we're trying to use our money for, we are entering teams in all of the international team competitions. So we have obviously a Davis and Fed Cup team. We're going to continue with that. We have we will enter teams in the winter and summer cups in the European Championships. We've supported the Masters U, the college uh, international college team event, uh, and we're going to continue to do that 2021 and, and going forward. So they're the things that we're going to support. They're the things that we can support. And we just want you know. I suppose the collaboration between the, the, the four provinces and the, the understanding of that criteria, the understanding of where we're at needs to be stronger. And I think that's what we want to be as criteria-based and transparent as possible moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I just want to ask, Gareth, um, if there's any other uh, kind of key things you think that we've, we, we should touch on that we haven't so far, any, any other um, points here you'd like to make? Um, I think I think we've covered a lot of the areas, Adam. I think the the what I would like to what I would like to say to to coaches, parents, players, enthusiasts, tennis enthusiasts in general, is just there's a performance director in each province who has a phone number and an email, and if you have any questions, uh, comments, anything you think could help, uh, anyone that would like to you know maybe offer some sponsorship or even talk about sponsorship. And we have a commercial uh, manager in sport in, in Tennis Ireland as well. Anybody in the game that would like to, to reach out to us, to give us any advice, we're very open. We want to try, we want to talk to people. We want to get out there. We want to get the information in that may help. And we want to try and, you know, clear up as many areas as we can for you guys as well. So, you know, my number, my email, and the and the four provincial performance directors' emails and numbers are all widely available. We would love for people to reach out. We would love for people, anyone who would like to help, who thinks they can help, we need help. We know one thing for certain, Adam, that we don't know everything. Uh, we haven't got all the answers, and we won't have all the answers. We're going to make mistakes. You know, that's why we're, we're calling that first stage the foundation, the laying of foundations, that between now and the end of this year, I would imagine, 
And the only time we can lay foundations is when we get an opportunity to actually get out there and do this, to get out there and actually have a go, because we haven't had an opportunity to have a go. We, we tried to kind of do a little bit between September and, you know, it was probably between August and October, where there was a little bit of a, a window last year, but we just, we, we, we really didn't get a proper opportunity. We want to launch this thing properly. We want to get out there. We want to show what we're, what we're willing to do, what we're able to do. But we also want to be realistic. And, and that's what I think we've changed the whole, you know, we, we've repositioned ourselves as performance development as opposed to high performance. We need to, to look at the whole developing performance players, starting again, structuring, restructuring the whole program. And that's where we're at. And you know, anyone who feels or believes that they can give us a, any help or any aid in any of those areas, please reach out. We, we're, we're open. We're open to talk. Absolutely, that's that's it's really good. Um, and obviously, I would I would encourage anyone listening to to get in touch. And I'll I'll leave some details in the description um, down below, just so anyone can can get in touch as, as easy as possible. And obviously, just we wish you all the best. I know it's been a, a difficult um, start to 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 the plan, and and it hasn't been ideal. But I, I hope that it picks up and 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 everything goes as 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 well as possible over the the coming well this year uh, and 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 beyond as well so just all the best for that and, um, and yeah encourage, encourage people to get in touch now now just before uh Garrett, just before I, I let you go to to ask you on a, a big uh, an experience or influence you've had in tennis that, that kind of stands with you and that you remember maybe from from years ago yeah i think um my my biggest influence i've had a no i've had a lot of influences in terms of coaching in terms of my own uh, you know my own career <laughs> career sounds very but career in general like from being a player from coaches that I had as a player um, to coaches myself and people who have influenced me you know in Ireland very my, a lot of my influences would be you know would have been Dave Miley originally as a, a, a player Ty Glam was my coach um, from when I was kind of 11 to when I was about 14 15 um, and then as a coach in Ireland, Gary Cahill, obviously I worked with Gary a, a huge amount over the years and um, then other people like Jim Watt uh, and then like influences more recently, like people who I work with, Stephen Nugent, who I worked with as he was the performance director in, in Leinster, uh, Alan Beattie, who from a, um, a recreational and club development level, Alan Beattie is a, is a huge influence of mine. I think he's a fantastic uh, role model coach. Um, and then the performance directors that I, that I have working with me at the moment, Carlos and Kean and John and Dan, they're all influences. But I think, you know, my biggest influence as a coach was when I was, uh, I was very lucky to, as a 20 year old, uh, new, fresh out of coaching, I got a, an opportunity to go to America and to, to work under a guy called Mike Daly. Um, Mike Daly is a guy from Burr, from where I'm from, was a very good tennis player as he got older. When he was 18, 19, he, he, he got to a very high level nationally. Mike then went to America and worked as a coach over there. And, you know, I knew him and he knew me. So got to go over to him when I was 20 to, uh, to coach with him and under him in a place in Boston called the Weymouth Club. But Mike was a very, very big influence on me as a coach. Uh, his his uh, mentality, the culture he developed around what he did in his club. He was the head coach in the club. He was very much performance oriented. He had a huge amount of people who followed him uh, and followed his ways as a coach in, in the whole mass in, in Massachusetts, not just in Boston. To the extent that he had players come from Harvard, like James Blake and his brother Tom, James Blake, who was top three in the world. James Blake and his brother Tom used to travel over to uh, to the Weymouth Club to, to Mike's camps. He wasn't their coach as such, but he was the leader of the camps that they used to come to during the summer on a regular basis. He had such a good name. John Doran from Clontarf. Uh, John used to travel over to, to Mike Camps as well when he, was, when he was in Harvard. So, you know, there was a lot of players that he would have influenced over the years. Uh, he had national level junior players that he worked with himself. It just was a huge influence on me as a coach. And I was very, very lucky to, to work with Mike. Um, he would have been very friendly with Ty Glam as well uh, over the years. Ty and himself would have been both. Ty is obviously from, from Tullamore himself. I think, you know, I, you know as, a, as an experience um, in that first year that I went over, I got an opportunity to go to one of the players from the club in Boston uh, that we were in, 
I've got into the qualities of the US Open, a guy called Jeff Grant. And Jeff got through qualities and ended up drawing Gustavo Querton, uh, Guga, in the first round of the main draw and was on one of the show courts because Guga had won the um, had won the French Open that year. So the owner of the club, a uh, very wealthy guy, brought all of the coaches from the club. And again, I was very lucky. I was lucky enough to be one of those. Uh, brought us all down to the US Open. Uh, we stayed in, in the Grand Hyatt Hotel in, in New York. And we got to go to the world, uh, to the US Coaches Conference, uh, the USPTA uh, Coaches Conference, which was held in that hotel. And also we got to go to the US Open to, to watch some of the practice. We, we actually got to watch Jeff's qualifying matches. And we got to go to his main draw first round match against uh, Querton. Uh, so it was just a, 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 a massive opportunity for two lads from Burr and County Offaly to be the back of a court watching a player that we knew um, from the club that Mike Daly from Burr was the head coach of and the two of us standing at the back of the court <laughs> behind, beside a load of Brazilians and uh, with the Irish flag shouting, jumping up and down shouting for an American guy who we, who we were involved with. So we were just, it was just a very, very uh, a fantastic opportunity, fantastic experience and, and a brilliant time that I will never forget. Um, so, and unfortunately, uh, it has to be said as well, um, poor Mike uh, passed away about, um, about 10 years ago now. Um, and yeah, he's just always sadly missed. And uh, he, I suppose, didn't get the recognition or... A lot of people don't know about him. A lot of tennis coaches in Ireland wouldn't know how well regarded he was. And I'm always trying to, to spread that word of how well regarded he was in America as a tennis coach and how well known he was as a tennis coach in America. So just, uh, yeah, Mike Daly and uh, may he rest in peace. Yeah, I think it's, it's great to have those stories and I guess those people that have, have influenced you and to, to remember them and you know, appreciate what they've, they've done and and. I guess the experiences you've had um, thanks to them. So yeah, that, 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 that's really good. And, and just a, a final question, Gareth, um, before we finish up and I, I'll let you go. Uh, what, what's your favorite thing about tennis? I think my favorite thing about tennis, Adam, is, is the people you meet. I think we're, we're very lucky. Um, I'm in a very privileged position in my, in my job uh, to be working for Tennis Ireland, to, be, um, to have met so many good people, so many tennis people, uh, over the years, to have added so many experiences and so many opportunities over the years, you know, I've been I've been very lucky to meet a huge amount of uh, other tennis nuts. I think other people who who just uh, love the game so much, who um, who who think and talk about tennis as passionately as I do myself, and I think that's what I love about tennis the most is is just those relationships and those those people I've met through the game. Absolutely. Really good. Really good. Um, Garrett, I think we, we will leave it there. I uh, just want to appreciate your time and a big thanks for, for coming on and talking through the plan. Obviously, I think that that's great to, to hear from you and, and, and to get uh, you to talk through that. Um, and also obviously sharing some of your, your tennis stories and, and experiences. I um, appreciate the time and, and all the best with the, with the plan as, as, it gets, gets, as it gets started and, and gets going. Absolutely, Adam. Thanks a million for having me. And thanks for everything you're doing uh, on behalf of Tennis Ireland. Thanks for everything you're doing for for tennis uh, in Ireland, keeping everyone up to date, and just all of the all of the uh, all of the podcasts. They're all very very interesting, different. Uh, you're you're getting a, a big cross section of the Irish tennis playing and coaching and enthusiastic community. So thanks a million for what you're doing for Irish tennis. I think everyone appreciates it. Anyone I speak to, it really appreciates it. So thanks a million. Thanks once again to Garrett for coming on, for sharing all those details, and and getting and giving us all that insight on the plan. I really appreciate that. Uh, and as, as Garrett mentioned, do feel free to get in touch with, with him or anyone else. Uh, his email address is gareth.barry at tennisireland.ie and I'll leave that in the, in the description below. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you found it interesting and informative. Until next time, I've been Adam and goodbye.